0: You get that Isaiah 43, and I'm gonna talk a little bit. You know, when it comes to this stuff about walking in freedom, I'm gonna tell you guys that 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 may happen today. They may happen, that may happen tomorrow, that may happen next week, next year, but what you gotta do is you gotta keep pressing on, keep serving God, keep looking to God. So, what are you telling us? Don't give up, don't quit. And if you'll just keep on with God, you'll always find a way. I'm going to tell you, He's going to help you. Plus, I realize this for every one of us in life, that when you begin to quit and give up on things in your life, that thing that you quit and gave up on, if you're not careful, will become a habit. It'll become a pattern in your life. You know, uh, I, I refer to this story quite a bit, but when, when I was growing up, my dad was a coach, you know, and I loved athletics. The only problem with athletics is I hated to lose. I was a horrible loser, and I hated to lose, and so you know, one, one school year, we were always really good in football, but we were horrible in basketball. We couldn't have beat the best or the worst girls' team. And so I, I hated to lose. And so at Christmas break, I told my dad, "I'm done, I'm quitting." And my dad looked at me and said, "No, you're not quitting." He said, "You started on the team, and you're going to finish it." I was like, I don't want to play. We're horrible. And he said, no, no, no. If you don't want to play next year, that's fine. But you're going to finish this year. And as I look back on it, at that time it seemed difficult in my life. But my father knew what was best. I thank God he told me that. You know why? Because he didn't want to develop a habit or a pattern in my life of quitting. And so that's the same things with God. You know, the only times we fail is when we fail to get back up. And so we want to put that in you today, and when you serve God, you've got to realize, Hebrews 6.12 says, through faith and patience, we inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I've hated that word patience forever. I hate that word. But I realize that's part of it. That's how it is. And in that patience, God's beginning to develop some things in you. And so I'm getting better with it. I'm getting better and better and better. But think about this. Through faith and patience we inherit. So you know what that tells me? It may not be easy. And it may not be convenient. And it may not come quickly. But it will come. You keep serving God. You keep honoring God and you keep living by the word of God. And God is faithful. Now look here in Hebrews 6. I'm not Hebrews. Isaiah 43. Verse 1, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel. Now I don't know about some of you today, I don't know where you're at, but many times, and we talked about this last week a little bit, we feel insignificant because of life. We feel like we don't add up, we're just not good enough to, I'm going to tell you right there, when you try to allow the things that have happened to you in life to identify your life, it's not going to be good. But when you allow the things of God to form you, look what he said. I, I created you. I formed you. And you got to hold on to that. Listen, guys, you may not realize this, but you were not created from a monkey. My Father God created you and He created me. And when God creates and forms things, He doesn't create junk. He doesn't create messes. But look what He goes ahead and says about me and you. And, and fear not. No matter what's going on, fear not why. For I have redeemed you. I've repurchased you. I've bought you back. I have called you by your name. God knew every one of us before we were even born. And he says this, this, the last part there in verse one, you are mine. Ooh, some of you gotta get that in you today. I'm God's. But Pastor, I don't feel like it and I don't look like it. Well, you may not ever feel like it or look like it, but thank God I don't have to go by my feelings. I can go by what the B-I-B-L-E says. And so, God formed me. I'm, I'm God's. I'm one of His. God really, really, really likes me. He really likes you too. And some of you say, no, no, no. Yes, He does. He really likes you. And so what I'm telling you about this passage, you have significance tied to your life because of the things of God. Begin to serve God and watch what God will do. Verse 2. Now get this. This is where we're going to really get to this morning. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. You know what one translation says there? When you feel like you're in over your head, I'll be with you. How many of you have had days you feel like, i got about a half a nostril out of water, Father God. I'm about this close from going under. Well, you know what he said here? Even when you're going through those days, he said, I'm still with you. In other words, don't, don't lose heart, don't quit. And he said next, And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Even in rough times, you're not going to go down. And he goes on to say, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. So what I'm trying to tell you here right now, is you don't have to accept your present circumstances as final. But note right here, the scriptures are very clear that you're going to go through some things. And that's not negative, that's not bad news, because you know what I realize? When I'm still going through some things, that doesn't mean I've quit, that doesn't mean I've given up, that doesn't mean I'm stuck. I'm still going through, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. And so once again, I want you to note here that you're going to go through some things. Some things called adversity. Some things call affliction, some things call tests and trials. That's just reality of life. But when I press in instead of giving up, God's going to bless you. You know, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Uh, There it is. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, guys, I hadn't always been that way. I mean, I I don't skip to Malou and get all happy when I'm falling into trials and temptations. But he's telling me here that when they come, man, if you'll just keep your heart right, keep connected, and when tests and trials come, you have a choice. I believe when we go through certain things, whether it's frustrations, whether when you're hurting, whether, whether when you're confused or under pressure, if you'll still choose to do the right thing in those times, God will bless you. See, it's easy to do what God wants us to do when things are going well. I mean, I hope you can do good. But the real challenge is when we begin to go through things, there's a proving. There's a discipline. And you know what it says? What you going to do? What you are going to do when things get tough? Do you, do you veer to what's easiest? Do you veer to what's the least resistance? See, this is where God's saying, man, we got to step back up to the plate and realize, God's got plans for me. But i got to stay hooked to Him. Good days, bad days, sad days, mad days, happy, every day. I'm going to stay hooked to God. Amen? Now, go over to your left, way back to the front, to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Now, listen. Progress has a price. It's going to cost you something. You know what that is? You're just going to have to keep serving God. Keep serving God and and always your problem will become your promotion. You realize that? Think about this in the scriptures. That David goes up to the battle and they talk about this beast named Goliath. And they're all just in awe of him and fear of him. Well that very problem called uh, Goliath, that became David's promotion. And I'm sure he thought, oh no, this isn't going to be fun. But he still went into it. Think about Joseph. Joseph was, was falsely accused. He was sold as a slave. He was in prison. But while he was in prison, that very problem became his promotion. And so when I look at great men of the Bible, whether it's David or Joseph, you know what I see them doing? They just kept on. Kept on serving God. They pressed in, they pressed on, and they pressed through. And so that's how God wants to work with each one of us. So just because you're going through some things right now, don't let it sidetrack you. Don't let it knock you out. That's the design of these things. Now here we are in Genesis 11. And I'm going to get to a story here in this. And let me tell you a little bit, just to set the table here. There was a man named Noah. Noah was the guy who built the ark. Listen guys, when you study Noah's life... Noah was very godly. That's why the Lord wiped out everybody else but Noah. Noah had a son named Shem. Shem was very godly. And Shem had a son named Terah. And this is what we're going to study about here. Now I want you to pick up with me in verse 31. Genesis 11 verse 31. And Terah took his son, Abram, which was later Abraham, and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah his son Abraham's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Now I'm going to highlight that just a second. Anytime you study the land of Canaan in the Bible, the land of Canaan was the promised land. That was the land that he called that flowed with milk and honey. That was it, man. That was the place they wanted to be. So it says they're on their way to Canaan. But look what happens here. But they came to Haran and they dwelt there. Every translation I looked at said they settled there. They stopped there. And so as I began to look at this, I looked at this man named Terah and I believed that God had given him the opportunity to keep going to the promised land, to Canaan land, but instead, he chose to settle. He chose to stop. And anytime time I settle, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm never going to walk in the, in the blessings that God had. So, in other words, he didn't press on. He stopped right there and he settled. Now, think about this in your life. How many times have you settled for things that you knew in your life wasn't God's best? And maybe right now you've settled for Samaria's. See, God doesn't want us to settle for second best, third best. God wants us to be promised land folk. So look what happens here, verse 32. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So he died where he settled. And I think about this in our lives, and this may be you today. How many of your dreams have died? Your passions have died? How many even your enthusiasm for life has died? You know what happens usually for that reason? We settled. We settled, and any time we settle, what ends up happening, we settle for a thing called the enemy called average. Mediocre. And you know who the family members of the enemy called average are? Coulda, woulda, and shoulda. The wannabe family. And I've been there, guys. Where I look back, and I've said this out of my mouth, I wish I shoulda, could I wish I'd have. And so this is what happens. See, God's design was never for us to be like terror and settle. And so I believe this, that a lot of times in our life, the dissatisfaction you have is because you've settled. Now, when you start going for the promised land, you're going to experience some pain, but it's a good pain. You're going to do what the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. How do you realize, to be a man or woman of God, it takes a backbone. I mean, you're going to face some opposition, whether it's in your home, whether it's its family members, they're going to come after you. But oh, the price, the reward is incredible. The other pain is the pain I believe that's the the, the most dangerous or the worst pain, and it's a pain that, that we live unfulfilled. We live dissatisfied because we've given up or we've settled. This is what happened with him. But look in chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now you know what Father God was telling Abram right there? He said, I want you to be a, a milk and honey boy. I want you to be a promised land boy, just like every one of us. God's got great plans for you. But he tells him here, you're going to have to do some things. Number one, you got to get out of your country. In other words, you got to get out of the things you're familiar with. You become so familiar with things that your life is just like a robot. And then second of all, look what he went on to say. He said, and from your family. Now this would be extremely difficult. To leave your family. And then he said, even leave your parents. But you know what he's saying there? Listen, Abram. You can settle right here if you want. But in order to get to the Canaanite land, the land of milk and it, you're going to have to keep going. You're going to have to press in. You're going to have to press on. And you know what, buddy? It's going to cost you something. But oh, when God tells us to do something like this, He's always got reward in mind, He's always got blessing in mind. But too many people, we settle. We settle. We give up on the dream, we give up on the vision. Listen guys, I'm not going to tell you today, it's going to happen tonight, tomorrow, next week. It'll happen as long as you serve God. You know, I was 21 years old when I graduated from Bible school. And I thought when I graduated from Bible school, I am the man of the hour with power. I thought the world was just waiting to hear from me. It didn't happen that way, guys. And for several years of my life, you know what I did? I belly ate. I murmured, I complained, I was mad at God. I was, I was like, why aren't you using me, God? And when you get in that state, the easiest thing is not to look at myself. It's easiest to look at other people. I mean, you can look at, at uh, Adam in Genesis 1. When all hell broke loose in Adam's life, remember what Adam said? He said, it's that woman you gave me. God. Now see, that's easy for us. It's easy for me to look and say, "It's that woman you gave me God? So in other words, you know what we're saying? It's my wife's fault. It's it's everybody's fault but mine. And so that's where I was at. And I finally came to the conclusion, the problem is I just got to serve God. I can't put myself in the ministry. I just got to know what I'm supposed to do every day. I got to begin to get into the Word. i got to develop a, a, a prayer time. I've got to develop some character. I have no character. didn't have no integrity. And so guess what happens? For the next 18, 19 years, I started being refined. God took a big old pick out and chisel and started working on me. And when I was about 35, I became very content. You know what I said to the Lord? I said, Lord, I'll do what I'm doing right now for the rest of my life. Well, you know what my ministry was? I worked for a utility company and I worked in alleys every day. And the alleys that I worked in, I saw the city where I lived, their finest people, the whinos and the homeless. And God began to put a character in me where I loved being out there with them. I love, and that's where I learned to get people born again and saved around those, those Juinos love me. And so I was always letting them in my truck, give them a ride. I'd carry fruit with them, and give them to them. But God was refining me, working on me. And so don't quit on your dreams. My dreams was 19 years in the making. Oh, happy day. I thank God now I didn't quit. I didn't give up. And so wherever you're at right now in your age, if you're young, keep shooting for the dreams. If you're older and you haven't been satisfied or fulfilled, keep shooting for the dreams. But listen, you're going to have to keep pressing in and pressing on. Don't settle for second best. So he tells Abram all this. And in verse 2, listen to the promise. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I love this because you know what, Father God's saying? Now you got to follow me. You got to obey me. You got to live for me every day of your life. And when you study Abraham's life, this is exactly what he did. And so when you start getting out of, of your family, you start getting away from loved ones, guys, you might as well get ready because there's going to be persecutions. There's going to be judgments. There's going to be criticism. Just for serving God. You know, my wife had her 30-year class reunion over the weekend. We go to it. Dear Lord, I I cannot believe the stuff that's going on there. I mean, I'm like, my goodness. But I realize why we're there. We're there to be salt and light in a dark place. And you know, the whole weekend, I thanked me and her with a topic of discussion, and it wasn't all good. It was a lot of criticism and junk being taught. And you know what I thought? I'm going to serve you, Father God. I'm not moved what the rest of them are doing. And so that's where you got to get. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. You know, Winston Churchill, he said this. He said, difficulties mastered... Our opportunities won. And, and I really believe that, guys. That as a, as a man or woman of God, you're going to have to come to the place in your life where you're saying, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to live for God. That's the only way you get to the promise. And that's the only way you become an overcomer. Now, this is a passage here about the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, guys, when you study, and I mean, he was, he was a bad, bad sinner at one time. But when God put Himself within him and He gave His heart to Jesus, then we saw Paul change. Romans 8. Begin with me in reading in verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, I-, I marked the word who. Who. And then you know what he lists? He lists all these whos. Tribulation is a hue. You know what that is? That's suffering and affliction. Distress persecutions, famine, hunger, nakedness, destitution or homeless, peril or dangerous. And so Paul right here is telling us, these things are designed to try to separate you from the things of God. And, and these are designed that if they can separate you from the things of God, you'll never become the things that God wanted you to be. And so you got to understand what you're fighting against right here. So Paul goes on to say, As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. He said, you're going to be put to death all day long. Your flesh, your eyes, your thought life. For we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all these things. What things? Tribulation. Persecutions. He listed them all. He said, yet in all these things. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Now you know what Paul was understanding? He understand that even in hardships, we can be more than conquerors. Even in difficulties. But what was the key there? Look what he said. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him. Through Him. So I got to learn to start letting Jesus live His life right through me. And that means me just beginning to yield to him and understanding. He's wanting to help me. He's wanting to change. You know the, the phrase there, more than conquerors. It describes one that's overpowering in, in achievements and victories. And when I look at that, what there's this is not a language of, of, of conceit. This is a language of confidence. Yea, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him. Now, some of you got to get that down on the inside of you. You got to begin to believe it. I thank you, Father God. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror through you. I can overcome. I can overachieve because of you in me. Verse 38. For I am persuaded or absolutely convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, which is demonic influence, nor things present today, nor things to come tomorrow, nor height, high, or depth, low, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I believe right here what the Apostle Paul telling us. He said, these obstacles here, all these things that he mentioned, high and low, death and life, angels and demons, they're not going to knock me off track. And Paul understood is that these were going to try to knock him off track. And Paul understood that these are going to try to knock you off track. And so when I look at all this, I believe Paul's saying, I've been through a lot. And the devil tried to take me out. But I'm going to tell you three great words you need to get in you. I'm still here. I'm still here. There's days that I think, man, the devil is coming after me. And you know what my thought is? I'm still here. Yea, in all these things... All these junk that's trying to come after me. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. And this is what Paul is trying to tell us right here. So I want to take you through Paul's life just for a few minutes here. Here's a guy who started out bad. But all he kept on and he understood. In Jesus I'm more than a conqueror. Go with me to your right to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. See, guys, we've got to keep pressing on. We've got to keep pressing in. Keep pressing through. And, and in order to do that, you can't have a wishbone. you got to have a backbone. Wishing's not going to change anything. It's the doers of the Word. It's the ones that begin to get their mind renewed to the Word of God. It's the ones who begin to seek God diligently, day by day by day. God will move in your life. He'll fulfill the very dreams, the very passions you have. Philippians 3, the Apostle Paul talking, verse 12. Not that I have already attained, and I am already perfected. But listen to this. But I press on. But I press Paul understood, for me to succeed, I must press on. Notice there, he didn't say, my mama made me press on. My dad, my, my wife made me press on. No, he said... I press on. You know what he's doing here, guys? He's taking responsibility and saying, i got to keep pressing on. i got to keep going forward. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. How did Christ Jesus lay hold of every one of us in here, guys? He didn't quit. He did the ultimate. He died for every one of us. Now think about this in your life. Jesus himself knew that when he was born on this earth, he knew how he would die. He knew that he would be beaten, bruised, he'd be crucified. That he would spend three days and nights in the, in the depths of hell. But yet, he kept going on. He never quit. And so he's saying, this must be our, our heart. where I'm not ever going to quit. I'm going to keep running. Now look what he says in verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, and I highlight I do. I forget those things which are behind me, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead of me. You know what he's telling us here? The past is past. The past has no life. You know, yesterday's over, tomorrow's not here. All I have is today. But the problem with most of us as humans, we try to go through this life, and we drive through the rearview mirror of life. How many of you ever tried to drive your car through the rearview mirror? I don't advise it. Not the smartest thing you'll ever do. But see, that's what we always want to do. We always want to look back. And when we look back, you know what looking back does? It paralyzes our future. Paul understood this, so he said, one thing I don't do, I don't look back. I can't change my past, guys. I can't change none of that. But one thing I can do when I got born again, I can start looking ahead to the prizes. I can start looking ahead and saying, i got my eyes focused on them. I'm running, I'm running. Think about Joseph, guys. Think about David. He's prophesied at 17 to be the next king. He doesn't walk into that fulfillment of that blessing until early 30s. He's got his prize. I bet there were days he was saying, I'm going to be the next king. I'm going to be the next king. And every day, he began to work on that. See, that's each one of you. You got callings. You got giftings. Quit going back. Quit trying to live your life through that old man. Remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's where we gotta get that. I'm a new creation reality. And so when people say to me, And you're different. Yeah, I'm different. You, you, you see the new man. I mean, even the whole weekend, you know what I heard guys say to me? I can't believe what you do for a living. I said, welcome to the crowd. I can't believe it either. It's as big a shock to you as it is to me. But what happens is, you know what they identify with? My past. That's what ends up happening to us. Keep looking ahead. Now look what he goes on to say in verse 14. Get this, guys. I press. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you know what he's saying, guys? You can't sit on your blessed assurance. You can't sit around and eat Twinkies all day and sing Kumbaya and think that's going to do it. He's saying, you're going to have to think about the word press. And so don't give up. Just keep pressing. Keep moving forward. Keep living for God. And watch what it will do. But I'm not going to end there. I want to go one more passage. Go to 2 Timothy 4. Keep going to your right and you're going to hit 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 4. And you know what? I I really believe this with all my heart. One of the the strongest signs of a person that's maturing spiritually is not how many chapters he reads a day. It's not even how big of a man of faith he thinks he is. The sign of a spiritual mature person, I believe this, is how fast they get back up. When you get knocked down, how fast do you get back up? There in Proverbs 24, it says, A righteous man will fall seven times, but he'll get up. See, the only time we fail is when we fail to get up. And so I'm not telling you guys you're going to be perfect. You just keep getting back up, keep getting back up, and keep getting back up, and watch what God will do. Don't quit. I don't want you to think that I grew angel's wings the first year of walking with Jesus. To be honest with you guys, I still don't have angel wings. I'm still in a process of God refining me. He's still the potter and I'm still the clay. And I'll tell you honestly, you get around me very often, you better wear a hard hat. Because I still got a lot of debris falling off me. God's still working on me. Have I made some progress? Yeah, I've made some progress. But he's not done. He'll tell me days. You've got to get back in the oven, dude. We've got to bake on you some more. i got a flesh, just like Paul did. So we just keep living for God. Just keep living for God. Now look what happens here late in Paul's life. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. I highlight the word I. This was his choice. I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. Now, I want to highlight this. This is the man, guys, who wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. This was a man who'd killed people, had him in prison. This was a man who had been a horrible sinner. But I love what he said here. I have fought the good fight. I'm not going to tell you here, guys, this is a piece of cake. That's why I said in the first verse, I love the bumper sticker that says, Real men love Jesus. Because you know what I found out? It's a lot harder in this earth right now to be a man of God than, than to be a man who isn't godly. Because the majority, remember last week when we talked about there's, a, there's two roads. There's a narrow road and there's a broad road. And it said narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. So this is what Paul's talking about. You're going to be swimming upstream, guys. Sorry, right, I praise God. He said, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've finished the race. You know, there's several parts of the race. First, got to start. Second, got to keep going during the race. And the third, the ultimate, you got to finish. How many of you have ever run, and man, you, you, you know, you get out there, and you, you, you get a mile or two, and all of a sudden you catch a stitch in your side. You know, Oh, dear Lord. And everything within me says, quit, stop. Take your 50-year-old body back home. No, you know what you do? You just keep going. You keep going. You keep going. And there's times, I mean, even when you run, you may not feel like it. But you keep going. And this is what he said. I finished. And I like the, the, the last one. He said, I have kept the faith. I fought, I finished, and I kept. And I don't know what arena summer, you are in life right now, but keep on. Keep on. Make the best grades you can in school, you young ones. You know why I say that? Because I made sorry grades. And you know why I made sorry grades? Because I was a lazy rear. I mean, I settled for C's. My thought were C's get degrees. I'm going to take the easy road, baby. I'm going to tell you, don't do that. Because what happens when I begin to settle for mediocrity, it sets a pattern in my life. And before long, if you ever want to get God to use you, you're going to have to break those mediocre patterns. So I'm telling some of you young ones, don't settle for mediocre. Do the best you can. Go to work and work hard. The worst thing that can be said about a Christian is he's lazy. All he wants is a paycheck. I believe, guys, we need to work hard every day. Well, nobody else is on time. Will you be on time? Everybody comes back late from work. Will you be on time? See, these are things that God had to work out in me. I used to say, well, no one's on time. And He said, you're not a no one. You're on your way to the promised land, buddy. And so guess what I do, man? Every morning, I was the first one at work, and I was the first one out the door. And there were days, you know what, I wanted to pout and put a pacifier in my mouth. It's not fair. It's not fair, God. They come in late. No. Who are you doing it as unto? I started doing it unto God. So God started working that in me. Working that in me. you got to start somewhere. But see, we're looking at even being overcomers. Walking in freedom. And what am I telling some of you? You can walk in freedom. But you're going to have to keep living for God. If it doesn't happen overnight, don't quit. Well, Pastor, I can go to the ATM and I can get money in 23 seconds. Well... Bless you. I can put microwave popcorn in and get it in two minutes and 15 seconds. Bless you. But I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God doesn't work that way. God says you'll reap in due season if you faint not. Well, Pastor, when's due season? You really want to know? Later than what you think. That always gets an amen. We're excited. Oh, God's just refining you. He's working on you. Stand on your feet with me. I don't know if I helped any of you today. I tried to help you parents out, you rascals. Tell your kids to get good grades and you sit out there halfway dead. So I'm trying to help you. Just kidding. Just kidding. Let me pray over you, Father God, we love you today.